we are. Folks, if you're our guest here this morning, uh, you join us midway through a, a series uh, which we've entitled Becoming. Becoming uh, who God intended us to be. Becoming the very person that he uh, created in our mother's womb. And part of that creation becoming is a process of becoming like Jesus. Because we're made in the image of God. As we draw near to him, he makes us like him. And he carves and, uh, and constructs and, and just does the most incredible thing in our lives that we become like the very person that Jesus intended us to be. And so we've had a number of weeks on that so far. And uh, at the conference last week, uh, so many times it was mentioned this thing, uh, about becoming who Jesus intended us to be. The, the formal kind of words is called spiritual formation, which is a bit formal. Um, but a number of things that were kind of mentioned last week, which I thought were really, really helpful, was unless we are practicing personal, devotional time with Jesus, we're probably just not going to uh, make it in the long run. Meaning, if we're a follower of Jesus, unless we're practicing some sort of personal devotional time we're probably just not going to make it and that's especially for leaders whatever we were practicing in the beginning when we first gave our lives to Jesus probably isn't going to work for the long run and I had mentioned a couple of weeks ago when I first became a Christian when I was 16 years of age no one taught me oh you need to do this you need to do that da -de -da. I just picked up uh, a copy of Mark's gospel and I just began to read it. And then I picked up the New Testament and I began to read it. It was like half a chapter a day or a chapter a day. And I'd kind of have a, like, this list of things that I was praying for. It was usually confessing all the wrong stuff I'd done the day before. And then it was like a list of things, of things that were coming up in the day ahead. And I found that those kind of practices worked for some time. But in the long run, we need to develop other ways, new ways, fresh ways in which we can draw near to Jesus. And one of the things that was mentioned time and time and time again last week, and which I have mentioned every single week, is the practice of silence and solitude. About being on our own in silence before the Lord. And it's something, as you know, church, many of you, that I am trying to practice um, in a daily routine. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. I feel like for me at the minute, God is doing something in me, um, in this whole journey as I'm trying to, to kind of teach on it. Areas of my life where there's brokenness, where I just need God to come through. Very often, I have found in my experience, maybe this is true for you, that sometimes the way we feel inside actually prevents us coming before the Lord. We feel so rotten inside. We feel so beat up. We just don't feel worthy or worth it. And that actually prevents us from actually coming before the Lord. And that is a classic, classic tactic of the enemy that would keep you, would keep us from actually drawing near 
because the reality is and the truth is God longs for us to come before him in whatever way that looks. This morning what I really want to talk about uh, is prayer. But before I do that, uh, I wanted to highlight one of the things that I have been doing on a daily basis, which is really brilliant, and it's, a, it's an app called Abide. Um, anyone, anyone come across this? Anyone got that on their phone? Four of us. Five of us. Any more? Thank you. It is brilliant. And I cannot um, recommend this more highly. I need to give you this little disclaimer. It's the 14-day free trial. Okay, I'm just letting you in for that because after 14 days, if you've on your phone or whatever, you've given me your bank details, they will take 28 quid off you after 14 days because that's what it is for a year. But the 14-day trial, if you want to try it, it's up to you. There are hundreds of different, very short and quite long kind of personal meditations. And they, they kind of do it for you. We like that, don't we? We need to do it ourselves as well. We need to engage with it. But often I, I would just plug my phone in, put the earphones in, and they'll, they'll, they lead you in prayer. They read scripture. They give time and space during it. And it's such a helpful um, way of meditating and coming before the Lord and spending constructive time that actually keeps you from your mind wandering. So have a go at that. We're talking about prayer this morning. We're diving in. We're Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 8. Jesus uh, is teaching. Uh, it's part of what we know as the Sermon on the Mount, which really is a grassy hill um, on the northern shores of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, this is what he says. And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. There's so much that we could talk about prayer. It's just a massive subject. You walk into a Christian bookshop, there'll be probably rows of books written specifically about prayer. But if we think about it in its most basic form, we could say this, it's talking to God. Talking and listening to God. But it's actually a really complex subject as well. I mean, ponder these questions. How can a human talk to God? How can God hear all those prayers at once? Do you remember Bruce Almighty, the film? Do you remember the bit where it, like Bruce takes on the role of God and he answers all the uh, prayers by email and his inbox is like thousands and thousands and then that image when there's like loads of post-it notes and all this. Imagine all the prayers that are being prayed at once. How does prayer work? How does God know what to do? Why are some people so good at praying and others not? What is a good prayer? What should we pray for? What happens when our prayers aren't answered? 
The basic message which I would like to convey this morning is this, that prayer is a means towards deep intimacy with Jesus. Prayer is a means or a practice towards deep intimacy with Jesus. It is both a deeply personal practice done alone, which we're talking about this morning, but it is also a corporate um, prayer as well. Uh, Jesus, in this particular passage, he's directly saying, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners. He is speaking directly to the religious leaders, to the Pharisees, who loved the public prominence like this of being in front and praying lovely prayers that make the person look good. But Jesus says they're hypocrites. They make themselves look good in front of men, but behind closed doors there's someone completely different. Jesus isn't necessarily saying you can't pray in public. He himself clearly prayed in public as well. But he's encouraging us, and this is the teaching this morning, that when we pray, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Jesus himself modeled this, didn't he? Getting up early in the morning while it was still dark, climbing a mountain, going and being alone with the Father. Jesus, who was fully God, required and needed time to have intimacy with the Father. As I was writing this, I was reminded of a story or a time years and years ago. Um, my first proper job, um, I was a youth pastor, a youth worker in a church in England. And uh, as part of the job, I was so uh, blessed to have uh, some accommodation that kind of became part of the job. And uh, I actually lived kind of above the shop, as it were, above the church. And uh, there were a couple of, couple of times, or two or three occasions, when I, I couldn't sleep so well. And so uh, I thought, I'm going to pray. And I thought, goodness, I'm going to go into the church and pray, because I can. And so I remember creeping down late at night, no one else around. And... Um, uh, at the very front of the church, there was a big cross, and uh, there were a couple of those kind of spotlights, real small ones, kind of at the back of the church building, which were directed straight onto the cross. And I remember putting them on, and then I remember going and kneeling, nearly lying down at the front of the church building, at the cross, and just praying. And I can honestly say there were some of the most incredible moments that I ever had of deep intimacy in his presence with Jesus. Some of us will have experienced maybe a similar occasion. Maybe you've walked into the most grand, old, incredible church, could be a cathedral, very quiet. Maybe you've gone and you've lit a candle and you've just sat somewhere in a pew, just in the experiencing the awe and the wonder and the majesty and the awesomeness of God. Jesus is encouraging um, his people to go alone, to be alone. I was uh, talking to someone during the week and I sort of said, what, what do you do? What's your practice? What do you do that brings you close to Jesus? And he said this, he said, every morning when everyone else 
in the house that he lives with uh, has gone off school or to work, uh, I, I make myself, uh, I put the kettle on and I make two cups of coffee. Some of you are going to think this is balmy, by the way. I think it's quite cool. Uh, this person makes two cups of coffee, one for him and one for Jesus, and sits there and spends 10 minutes having a cup of coffee and just hanging out and spending time with Jesus. And he said to me, I pray one day the other cup's going to be drank as well. We're plugging in to relationship with the Almighty. Our modern way of life, we understand being wired, being connected. Remember the internet on its first time, uh, when it first came, we were dialing up. Now our Wi-Fi is on, we're wireless, we're 4G ready, data roaming on. I'm just showing off that I know a few words. <laughs> Don't really know much about it, do I? Let's be honest. When we come before him and we have conversation with him, we're actually connecting with the creator of the universe. We're actually plugging in to the power source of humanity, of our earth and of the world. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. The Pharisees get their reward by looking cool in public. But when we go alone and we spend that time, just you and him, no one else can do that for you, only you. Your reward is him. Some of you, you're part of our church, you'll know uh, a very personal story. Chantelle lost um, a friend of hers nearly a year ago uh, to cancer. And a number of you will know her, and a number of you journeyed life with her, and a number of you prayed for her. And I watched over a period of weeks and months Chantelle um, discipline herself, to prayer and to fasting on a regular basis for this lady. And, uh, and I watched and I, I, I admired that, her dedication, her tenacity and her faithfulness to, to prayer. It was wonderful. Now, our friend passed away still. And that was deeply painful and still is for a number of folks. My question is this. Was the prayer all in vain? That's a really gutsy question. And to search our hearts. Wonderful times that were had with her. It is fair to say, I think, that she lived longer than most had thought. But the ultimate prayer for healing... God didn't come through on that one. Was the prayer in vain? No, it wasn't. Why wasn't it? Because he still hears our prayers.
and because the goal of prayer is intimacy with Jesus and those times spent and those meals missed were an offering, were a sacrifice, was a drawing near to the Father. Prayer is just the mechanism. It's the wonderful gift that he gives us that we are able to draw near to him. Uh, I became a Christian when I was 16 because I was praying for something that I was really worried about. And I know there are people in this world that don't know Jesus, but they still pray. I kind of fell into a relationship with God. I, I didn't, didn't mean it to happen. That wasn't my goal. I was just really worried and uptight about stuff. And I thought, Flip, I don't know what to do with this. I'm going to start praying. And if he's out there, hopefully he'll hear and maybe do something about it. And as I did that, God's presence drew me close to him. Because that's how he works. He gets our attention and he draws us into relationship with him. I want to read this brief passage by a guy called Henry Nguyen. We want to move closer to God, the source and goal of our existence, but at the same time we realize that the closer we come to God, the stronger will be his demand to let go of the many safe structures we have built around ourselves. Prayer is such a radical act because it requires us to criticize our whole way of being in the world, to lay down our old selves and accept our new life, which is Christ. Prayer, therefore, is the act of dying to all that we consider to be our own and of being born to a new existence, which is not of this world. Our reward is him. Our reward is that we surrender ourselves and take up our new existence and our new life with Christ. Last thing, and then we've landed. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. The word babbling can be translated to stuttering, and it's not stuttering in terms of the, what we mean, uh, stuttering with speech. But it basically means to repeat, to have words of repetition. And the problem is whenever we have prayers of repetition, we lose touch with the meaning behind the words, which are powerful. And I think that sometimes we can come in our prayers to Jesus like a shopping list. We can come with many kind of things of, we want you to do this, we want you to do that, we want you to do this, that, the other. And we think that our prayer is about getting him to do something for us and to get us the results that we need. Now don't get me wrong here, it's important that we actually have a number of things that we're consistently praying for. Our children, as we looked at this morning, being one of them. But if we're simply coming to try and twist God's arm to do something that we want him to do, it becomes like a shopping list of this is what we want, rather than a surrendering of who we are. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him.
What a great verse. You kind of think, well, what's the point in praying then? If he knows what we want, what's the point? That is the point. He knows what we need. But he still wants us to come before him to ask. Why? Because he wants us. Because he wants relationship with us. He wants us to come and talk to him. He wants us to come to listen to him. So, as we come into land, a couple of things. If you have a consistent prayer life already, wonderful. But I would encourage you to review it. Is it life-giving? Does it bring you closer? Intimacy towards Jesus. Is God inviting you to do something different? And if, like other people, you're being honest this morning, you're going, do you know what? My prayer life's a disaster. It's non-existent or it's just pretty random. What one thing could you do starting this week? And start small. Don't come up with the, oh, I'm going to get up at six tomorrow and spend half an hour in prayer. You won't. You'll be asleep for 29 minutes of that probably. So start small. Start with something that's going to just bring you close into relationship with Jesus.